welcome and thank you so Love much, Diane Cameron, for this beautiful theme music, Diane Cameron, Islam, come back home to Africa, all is truly and indeed a blessing, yeah, welcome, welcome, greetings and Come back. 
sacred stories. Indeed, these are our sacred stories. All is a blessing. All is a blessing. Respect the voodoo. All is a blessing. I am always reminded and, and receive some kind of spiritual confirmation. Every day, often many moments of the day, of the power and the effectiveness and the necessity for the creation of sacred space. Indeed, we first create sacred space in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirits, in our souls. Then we leak that sacredness into our physical space, our personal and our private spaces, our sacred spaces, our shrine spaces, our fetish houses. But indeed, it then leaks out into the community And whether the community is operating in ATR, traditional African-based religious system, whether the community is operating in spirit or or religion, still does not negate the power and the presence of the work that each and every one of us is doing for ourselves, for our lives, for our families, indeed for our communities. And that is why today I want to talk a little bit more about manifesting. Manifesting. Spiritual knowledge, spiritual knowledge and power lies in its efficacy and its ability to manifest real world life changing results. Right here, right now, in this most present divine moment in time space. I'm not talking about the hereafter. I'm not talking about on the other side. I'm talking about what is the effectiveness, the reality of our ability to manifest, manifest that which we seek, that which we desire, that which is in in alignment with our destiny, that which is in alignment with why we are here. We like to call that purpose, that which is in alignment with our purpose. And again, no matter what your belief system, no matter what your philosophy, we are all operating in, manifesting each in every moment of our waking lives. So before I get off on a roll, I want to bring in my cousin, my beloved blood cousin. I'm going to bring in the beautiful Iya Otun Ifa Tomiwa. And I'm going to bring in my beloved cousin Oloye Ifawole Oladeji Ifantade. And welcome you both to the show with your energy, with your presence, with your love, and of course with your knowledge, your power, and your wisdom. Uh, Otan, can you check a Kleenex or something to your camera? Or maybe you need to move a little bit so that it'll clear up the focus. Yeah, your um, webcam is blurry. Mine does that sometimes. It'll fall out of focus, and sometimes all I have to do is move, and my camera will... There you go. Well, refocus itself. Um, unmute your mic, so we can. Thank you, so we can hear the loveliness of your voice. We certainly appreciate you. Come on in. How you doing today? I am blessed. I cannot and will not complain. Divine Prince, Babaloye family, everyone watching, listening. Um, it is indeed a blessing to be here. Um, I want to. With thanks first to uh, Maria, uh my Oli, for allowing me to be in my right sense of mind, and uh, my Lulu, Prince Baba, and the Bayou 
Latona and Ugali Ikatoyuni Yalade, Ebeniki Oyepola Latona. Um, I'm looking forward to this discussion. It's certainly, it, it has many facets, and this is going to be uh, very interesting. So, uh, a lot of things go into manifesting. It's not just one aspect of it, it's a lot of different things happening at once. So, this is, this is definitely going to be. A great conversation. So I appreciate being here and you having me again. And um, let's get it. Yes, indeed. Oloye, beloved, welcome, welcome. A little glory of what she said to everybody. Uh, happy Ogun Oshie, Oshie Ogun, Ogun Oloye. So let's give honor and prayer to Ogun uh, at this time. Ogun Awo. Oh, Maki Alasia Ajuba. Oh, Nijo. Awesome about our land of tone. You know, Kim of water. Every day, I lay a bengbe lobby. Ah, You say, Oh, boom, chief of strength, owner of power. I salute you. Oh, boom, dances outside to the open road. Ogun, owner of good fortune, owner of many houses in the realm of the ancestors, help those who journey. Remove the obstructions from our path. Wisdom of the warrior spirit, guide us on our spiritual journey with strength. Ashe. So, may Ogun bless and keep you. May Ogun clear out any obstacles inside of you and outside of you that are keeping you from your highest destiny. May Ogun fight the enemies within you and outside of you and around you. And may Ogun, the one who's never lost in battle, may he provide strength, wisdom, courage, endurance, and all power to you. Ashe. 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 Divine, you're on mute. Ashe, Ashe. I'm trying to keep that reverb from happening. So when someone oh, okay. else is talking, I mute myself, and, and sometimes I forget. Uh, as uh, Otan said, you know, there are so many ways that we could go at this conversation uh, about manifesting. Um, and, and it's indeed important, and you are invited to participate. My listeners, my viewers, bring in your questions, your comments, your requests your commentary, your curiosity, we would certainly appreciate active community participation. I also want you to be mindful that the phone lines are always open at area code 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. Many of you use the phone lines. We often have many listeners internationally on the phone lines, but we invite you to just press that number one on your telephone keypad when you're ready with your question, comment, or request, please be patient with me. Remember, I got about 40 tabs open, and I had to juggle back and forth between the Blog Talk Radio platform uh, in order to see it visually. Uh, and that also is for the Blog Talk Radio chat, which is often um, full of, of, of listeners. But we ask that you be free to participate with your questions, comments, and your requests. We also invite you to follow the streaming link at the bottom of the show page where you can also plug in your webcam, your microphone, 
and participate with us live on screen. So both the Blog Talk Radio information and the StreamYard information are now streaming at the bottom of the screen. Alafia, and greetings to you as well. Kat Chukwu, thank you so much for showing up and participating with us. Please share your knowledge, your wisdom, your experience as it relates to manifesting as well as we move forward in this topic. And before I begin, um, just a little bit about what's going on with me, um, because people often seem to care about what's going on with me, uh, how much hair I have or don't have, if I'm shaved or not shaved, if I'm wearing a beard or not wearing a beard. And so most of the time, 98.99, if I'm shaving, I'm working, meaning I'm filming something, a, a movie, a TV show, a documentary, a music video, the most recent music video with Michi X. Uh, you can find that on my uh, uh, my YouTube page. Uh, but right now I'm filming a horror movie. And I always say that there's a clear line of distinction between truth and authenticity and history and lineage and culture and tradition. And then there is entertainment. There is tourism. There is books and paintings and acting and poetry where people are allowed to sort of use their creative allowance some bit in their imagination, in their production. This particular case, I'm working on a movie. Uh, I am a um, not only a leading cast member in the movie, but I was also given the opportunity to be a writer uh, of some of the scripting in the movie. So this will be my first uh, collaborating writer credit on my IMDb, and I will be uh, one of the main Stars, one of the main characters in this up-and-coming movie, and it's called Hurt Doll. Hurt Doll. And it comes out October 31st, Halloween, the same day that I'm having my my false ceremony. So it'll be, it'll be a lot going on. Um, look for it. Just know it's coming. That's my hashtag. Uh, it's a little crazy. If you think about movies like um, The Exorcist and... Um, a few other horror movies that, that I can think of where really weird and strange and mystical and, and sometimes deadly things took place during the production of, of those movies. And, and many of those movies are like cult classics today. Uh, and, and listen, this is not something you pray for. This is not something you ask for. It, it just manifests. And it manifests out of a, a, a mixing, a collaboration of all of our energy, all of our, our ashe, all of our karma, those of us involved in this project. And so there's a, a bit of trivia, and it is on the IMDb page for Hurt Dog. Lead actors Chloe Deloach Davis, Josephus Brody, and executive producers Barry Fisher and... Tracy B. Mann all died before we were able to complete this movie. And so, um, yeah, there's some weirdness around this movie. Um, I could very easily go into to my opinions about it. Um, my concern is I don't want to give away too much about the movie. Uh, if Hurt Doll doesn't already give away, you know, a, a critical uh, key point to the movie. Uh, but I will say, respect the voodoo. Respect the voodoo. The voodoo is very real. The ephod is very real. The traditional practices of our ancestors are very real. 
the power possessed in the hands and the bosom and the minds of our great women. And EIME is very real. The, the power that our priests and practitioners and healers and, and warriors and dancers and performers and drummers, it's very real. It's very real. So I make a clear distinction between entertainment and what's real and what's authentic. But when you're walking in these traditions, when you are living embodiment of the manifestation of these traditions, then we carry it everywhere we go, to the bank, to the grocery store, to the job place, to the social gathering. They are indeed present with us in all things. And I think sometimes when we think about the topic of manifesting and and really get down to the faults and nuts of it, the, the dirty, dirty of it, I'm blocked. This isn't happening. Why can't I acquire the, the, the love relationship, the lasting long-term love relationship that I desire? Why am I stuck in, in, in this career, this job that I despise, but am struggling to get my business off the ground, get my self-employable opportunities around? That's the nuts and bolts of it, really. When we cut through all the philosophy and religion and, and, and systems of manifesting and how we think about and how we come at manifesting. Many of you know my, one of my main tools in my box is mantras. I swear by mantras. I live by mantras. And quartz crystal absolutely helps to reverberate and keep that vibration present in a clear, cut, undisturbed, focused way in my reality. So every time I think all is a blessing, every time I say all is a blessing, every time I mean all is a blessing with great intent, especially at the crossroads, especially in the middle of the battle, especially when you can't see the perceived end that you that you seek, that you desire, especially when you can't see, you know, what lies at the end of the rainbow. It is indeed in those moments that I invoke all is a blessing. When I'm unsure, when I'm uncertain, I invoke all is a blessing. Because that mantra ensures that whatever is happening is for my best good. Whatever is taking place is pushing me towards my goal. Now, the push, some of us find a block at the push. Well, well why am I being pushed? Why am I being aggravated? My clients and my godchildren know that as the illusion of a block, an issue, or a complication, the illusion of. We say the illusion of before we say problem, before we say trouble, before we say complication, because indeed it's just an illusion. We cannot, being both God and man, being both spirit and humanity, see the entirety of the the globe all at once just in in this moment. Sure, we can transcend you know, physical body and time and space. We can go into meditation. We can astral travel. You know, we, we can do all sorts of things. God even in many of the scriptures have showed people, you know, the world, the planet from out here. But in a normal waking sense, we tend to have a tunnel vision of just what's in front of us and just what we feel and just what we're experiencing in that moment. And so when we're of weak constitution or not where we need to be spiritually or haven't done our homework, it makes it very difficult to see beyond the veil. It makes it very difficult to see the culmination of a desire to earn a degree in medicine, you know, and, and, and now you've got 
four years, six years ahead of you. But the student trugs along and does the work each and every day, being empowered and fueled often by a vision. Somebody's magical book says that people perish due to a lack of a vision. They trot along. They work hard. They fight because they have a vision of the future. And see, the the generalized prayer, I want to be happy. I want to be wealthy. I want to be successful. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does that look like? What components go into that? You know, and so these are critical key thinking points, mental points, and any uh, attack, any move towards, any uh, desire for manifesting something. And, and then there's the idea of manifesting what is in our best interest. Some of us want to manifest things that aren't in our best interest. Some of us want things that, that only God and the ancestors and Oladamare and the Orisha and the Lo I know will only hurt us will only bring us down, the illusion of an issue of block or complication. And and cousins, I I often believe and teach that the illusion of a block or issue of complication is often being pushed by the ancestors who've had a human incarnation, who've lived life, who who know about jobs and careers and and babies and children and, and, and all the things that we deal with, racism, protesting, white supremacy, Our ancestors have had that human incarnation. So they will often get in the way and push us out of the middle of the road when when they see a truck coming. And and for me, that's the illusion of an issue of block or complication. If I let them push me out of the way, often I try to move before the push. They tend to be a little bit more aggressive than that soft, still voice of God, your ancestors. (laughs) So I try not to have to get pushed. I try to be tuned in and listening every day at at as many points of the day that I can from my very being so that indeed I am in alignment with what is in my best interest. So that when I get to wanting to manifest something, I am more likely than not to get not just what I I want, but what I need and and what is most appropriate for me to have at this moment in time. So I open the conversation to you and our guests and our listening audience, those who are in the Block, uh, Block Talk radio platform, please feel free to call in at 845-277-9143 and press the number one uh, when you're ready with your question, comment, or request. So manifestation, manifestation. Manifestation many times begins with our submission. Sometimes we don't allow things to manifest because we're not willing to submit because we might not understand what it is that's going on. And what the end result is in order going to be. So when we look at certain things going on in our life, struggles, challenges, relationship uh, breakups, um, job loss, um, you know, any of the above, it, it could be anything. Many times we strictly don't know that the most important thing out of this is to submit to the transformation that's manifesting at the time because in that submission, you are now allowing the manifestation of that which the divine, that which the creator, that which our, that which, uh, which our ancestors 
So when we look at our manifestation, for us in going into Orisha, each particular Orisha, if we submit to that which the Orisha is bringing into our lives, allow us to then manifest the joy and the happiness that comes through the Orisha, through our ancestors. If we look at Ogun, Ogun is that which clears away obstacles, removes obstructions. He's the one that fights the battles for us, but we have to understand that that first begins within us. We have to first fight the battle within us and learn to cut away the things and the people that might not right now be in our best interest to elevate. So therefore, now things come into place that we strictly don't understand why this or that is happening. But yet we submit. And when we submit, we start seeing little things sometimes, or big things happen all of a sudden in our lives to show us that we're not in charge. That Alulamari, that Ifa, that the Noah, all of the divine entities are in charge. When we, matter, when we desire to manifest and we submit, we start seeing maybe Oshun, Oshun, the one that we are there for, for that, that brings love and joy and, and sex and, and relationships and children and marriage. We submit to Oshun. And little bit by little bit, we see the sweetness of our life to change for the better because Oshun begins the process of sweetening up that which might be bitter at this time. We look at Oya and all of the winds blowing, all of the people blowing out of our lives, all of the things blowing out of our lives, but yet we stand still and submit. I remember the elders and the ancestors used to tell us all the time, be still. When everything around you is blowing away and things are out of control in your life, they simply said two words. Be still. Then, as we begin to listen, we start seeing that things begin to pick up. Part of the submission is the trust in the submission. The trust in the submission then says, ah, now we are beginning the process of the transformation and the manifestation of that which we are praying for. We look at Shango, and Shango again cuts away obstacles, especially when struggles and challenges are in our life, to bring that justice to us. We don't just look at justice in a law perspective. We look at justice to say, I've worked diligently to achieve these things, and now here is Shango giving us the ability to manifest these things and, in essence, a divine justice to happen. So I don't want to talk too long because I, you know, I don't know too much on this. So I want to make sure I, I give it over to to you two as my cousins so that you know you can clean clean up anything that I might have messed up. <laughs> well, you're doing great, and and you're on, you're on mute, Devon. <laughs> you're doing great, and, <laughs> and, and indeed, um, you know, it was already in the back of my my awareness that. You know, we couldn't really discuss this without talking about destiny, without talking about um, 
um, in some cases, spirit devils in heaven, without talking about Ori, you know, and, and the role that our heads, Lave Tet in, in Creole uh, voodoo, um, and, and the roles that that plays indeed in our ability to manifest. Uh, sometimes we've got a lot of clutter, you know, just like Feng Shui, we got a lot of clutter, we got a lot of baggage, you know, not in our physical space, but in our internal space that also impedes our ability to manifest in occasions when, when we think and desire, you know, a more immediate uh, response from spirit. I think it's also um, important to discuss in relation with manifesting the idea of luck or, or being blessed or having bad luck or, or indeed being, being cursed and having someone or something from outside uh, your range of control um, affecting, you know, your ability to manifest. As a practitioner and a consultant and a minister, I hear that almost on a daily basis. Well, I'm being blocked. Can you look to see if somebody's cursing me? You know, um, I just have bad luck. Um, I've even been accused of having good luck myself. Uh, one of my dear friends swear I'm the luckiest person she's ever met. Um, and, and I keep referring her back to first respect the voodoo. And then secondly, um, the power of ancestors. You know, and, and, and the spirit realm to sort of move our ideas forward. I always say ancestors first because I teach and believe and walk in the understanding that our ancestors indeed are our first line of defense. Not only have they already had a human incarnation, but they are in our blood. They are in our blood. So part of that thinking process, a part of that memory process is indeed affected by, influenced by the realities of those who've already come before us. So, so those are critical points that you are well-versed in, uh, Oloye, to speak to as, as it relates to manifesting. Uh, before I move on to Otan, I also want to um, remind my regular listeners and introduce to some of my uh, new listeners. Greetings, uh, Big Chief. Thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate you. Um, one of our local masking Black Indians. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think about my own experience with manifesting um, and, and starting from a very young age, even before I left home, was, was forced to leave home as, as a young child, you know, at, at 14, 15. Um, I spent years prior to that just thinking about it, just conceptualizing it. Uh, and growing up in the DMV, uh, the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area, uh, the metro, you know, Benin Road Station, the metro was, you know, just a walk, you know, from my mm-hmm. house. Uh, and I had to walk through some pretty tough neighborhoods in, in Southeast uh, to get to that Benin Road Station. Um, and so I would get on that metro. And for me, it was like a time capsule. It was like a spaceship. You know, it, it, already it was modern and new, you know, in the 70s, you know, having the, the metro system. In, in Washington, D.C. It's nothing like it is today. Uh, it, it was just the, the, the bare infrastructure at that time. But it took you where you needed to go. Um, I could get to every museum. I could get to, uh, to, to every park, you know, Rock Creek Park and, and, and Fort DuPont Park and, and, and be in nature and, and, and fish and be around water. Uh, but I could also get to Crystal City. Some of you know about Crystal City, that underground world, you know, it's a whole shopping mall and a residential area and entertainment area, and it's all underground uh, in what's called Crystal City. 
if I'm not mistaken, it sits underneath the, the Pentagon and, and some other really important buildings on, on the ground. But it's a whole other world underneath the ground. And at that time, it was a bit exclusive. I mean, you know, a cup of coffee might have been $10, you know, in the early 80s in Crystal City. You know, a cookie might have been $10. You know, so it was a, a, an exclusive place. Uh, people who had resources often were there. And you didn't find a whole lot of people that looked like me, uh, especially young people that looked like me, you know, kind of walking through Crystal City. But I was such a frequent guest, <laughs> you know, they, they sort of acclimated to my being there. Uh, I, I had a certain freedom uh, at that age that I could go anywhere I wanted to. The ancestors would carry me. So I would seek out wealthy communities, wealthy events, so-called, uh, you know, up and, and, and coming and rising, you know, superstars in our community. I would seek those environments out to sort of absorb that energy, to experience that energy. And it gave me something else to look at other than the trauma that I was going through at home, other than the trauma that I was dealing with as a child. And I would often leave Crystal City and then end up at the airport, the uh, Dulles Airport. And, and so then again, my, my imagination would go, every plane, I could see myself on it, uh, going somewhere, <laughs> you know, somewhere else in the world, whether it was in the, in the country or, 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 or any other you know, continent. And so having visuals, we, we sort of see that as a new idea, having vision boards. Uh, but that's really not a new idea, you know. Having other visuals of a reality that better mirror your interests or, or bear, better mirror where you want to go. And so that often kept me fueled as a kid, fueled as a teenager, knowing that no matter what I was experiencing, in the temporary, that there was absolutely somewhere else that I would be headed to. I also somehow incorporated the belief, I don't know if it came from, you know, the Black Spiritualist Church, I don't know if it came from uh, the various religious cultures that I was studying at that time, but, but the belief that um, it had a purpose, you know, that your, my violation, that my abuse, that the trauma had a purpose. It wasn't the beginning and the ending of all things, almost as if I was paying something forward. And so I knew I would be blessed on the other end if I could just get out of this. I, I knew I would be in a better place if I could just get out of this. And so those were my first ideas. Greetings, beloved uh, Chef Bougie. Welcome, welcome. Those were my first uh, ideas as a, as a kid, as a teenager who hadn't fully developed an understanding of Ori yet, who didn't know what Lave Tet was, who, who didn't know about chakras, you know, and, and, and Kundalini and, and, and transcendental meditation, you know, at that time. That was just me as a kid, knowing that, you know, there's more to this world than just my house. And so mm -hmm. some of you, you know, might grow up in the hood, might, might grow up in the project, you know, might grow up in the rural areas. You know, you now have the access of technology, which makes the ability to see beyond your immediate space even more readily accessible to you. If you're listening to me now, if you're watching me now, you have access to technology. And so look at world maps. Look at other countries. Study other people's lives. Look into the lives of people who mirror your present understanding of, of your best 
interest. And I keep saying your best interest. There's a note of uh, divine intervention in that. Because depending on where you are, when I think about, you know, being a sad child, a depressive child, you know, when I got in my feelings, when I got in my emotions, the victim too started. You know, the, the, the feelings of inadequacy began. The idea that I was without power began. And so when I say what mirrors your best interest, you've got to move yourself beyond that shadow place. You've got to move yourself beyond that negative thought and, and truly envision something beyond your present feeling and, and emotion about what you're experiencing that you can tie a line to, that you can hook on to, that, that, that can toss you a, a life preserver, if you will, and, and carry you up out of the depth, uh, Oloye, of, of Olokun, <laughs> you know, and, and bring you into that, that, that refreshing, cleansing, purifying waters of Yemaya, you know, and, and really put us back up on a solid foundation, a solid ground, so that we then can move forward to whatever that thing is that we're manifesting. Another um, unique nuance to manifesting that I've noticed, particularly in the last, I don't know, 15 years, is that the idea of, of, of personalized, individualized, ego-based usage of manifesting is now somehow popular. What I mean by that, um, you know, revenge, blocking other people, causing harm to other people who haven't done any harm to you, but, but, but you perceive them to, to be in the way. Uh, the idea that we need to harm, you know, our coworkers and, and make negative things happen, you know, within our workspaces in order to gain, you know, where we need to go. And, again, that's where how clean you are, how clean are, you, are your hands, what is your karmic debt, that's when those things begin to rise to the surface. And, and indeed interfere with your ability to manifest. You know, sometimes we think about ourselves and we, and we don't think about our, our family, our children, you know, our parents, you know, the other people who would subsequently be affected uh, by those things that, that we seek from a real petty, selfish, you know, carnal place. I, I pray every day that I shed that in my youth. I, I pray every day that, you know, the ancestors would, tap on my head and, and, you know, nudge my shoulder, you know, when I fall into that, that place of it's about me, it's just about self, it's just about my own personal, you know, satisfaction. Um, so that's my experience uh, from a child growing, maturing, and then coming into the place of all is a blessing that, that I am now as it relates to manifesting. And Otan, let me tell you, beloved, um, I'll be sitting in this chair sometimes, and sometimes I don't have a clue, especially when I don't have a clue. And I'll say, it's coming. I can feel it. That opportunity is coming. I can feel it. And, and I'm not clear on the dynamics. I'm not necessarily clear on, on the details. But usually within 24, 48, 72 hours, I, I get that email we need you to do this role. I get that phone call. <laughs> you know, we need you to be a part of this project. You know, and so I know the power of our words and manifesting and, and our heart in, in the idea of manifesting. And I know that it's more than just um, 
I know I keep saying I'm going to give you the mic. Um, just seeking the mountaintop. You know, I'm not going to be satisfied until I have all the money in the world and, and, and the biggest house in the world. We need to take joy and pleasure in those blessings that are pushed in front of us every day. Every day we get some confirmation that God and the ancestors and spirits are with us. And, and how we respond to that has everything to do with whether they give us something bigger or not. You know, when I was in the uh, church ministry, um, we had this saying that, you know, God gives us stewardship. And so when we start asking for more and asking for the blessing and asking for the big payday, God will question, well, what level of stewardship have you shown over what I've already given you? How are you using what you've already been blessed with? So, so there's a side to the negativism and the depressive states that sometimes we can get in that can show up with ingratitude to, to the powers, you know, that are trying to push us forward. That could show up to us only seeing the negative and never being able to see the good, you know, unless it's a mega Powerball payoff. We don't acknowledge the $20 bill you, you, you found on the ground, you know, and those little things that ancestors in the spirit realm will do to let us know that, listen, I'm with you, but this is more complicated than, than, than you're giving it credit for. Let us do our job while you do your job. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much, Alexis Williams. Greeting uh, Tasha Harris. Welcome so much. Yes, uh, Big Chief. Absolutely. Um, go ahead, Otan. Welcome, beloved. Um, I'm sorry, I've just been absorbing everything that's been said so far from you and um, Barbara Aloye, and it is absolutely, um, those are essential, essential and key points to, and parts of manifesting. Um, it also, um, as you were touching on, begins with ourselves, um, our frame of mind, um, in Ifa we say our Ori. Um, because words, we say words have power. Well, words begin as what? Thoughts. So we have to be mindful not just of the words we speak, but the thoughts we have. A lot of the times the thoughts that we keep to ourselves. Oftentimes the blockages that we may think are there, is only coming from within. That's where they start. We have to be mindful of what we think. We have to be mindful of what we speak because a person can curse themselves by speaking negatively. The word can't, that shouldn't be in your vocabulary when it comes to accomplishing things and things, even if you don't know how to do a particular thing. I usually tell people, stop saying if, say when. It implies the possibility of failure. So let's remove that from the thought process. Let's remove that from the conversation. We have to be mindful of where it starts. It starts within ourselves. We also cannot ignore things that are divinely set to be in our lives. And just like what was said before, we can be pushed, our ancestors, uh, over the mighty, we can be pushed into that point where we're now focusing on that purpose or on the position that we need to be in. 
Okay? So patience is important because it gives us time to think and reflect on the things that we need to be focused on while we're waiting on that blessing. A lot of the times that meantime is a very, very dangerous place because that meantime where our hands feel idle or we're unsure of what to do, um, if you're building a business, what are you doing in your meantime? Have you researched the bank that you want to deal with? Do you know whether you want to incorporate? Do you want to be an LLC? There are different things that you could be working on while other things are being manifested for you. We have to be willing to push forward even when we feel that we're not seeing the results immediately of what we're planting these seeds for. Because everything isn't for us to see. Some things are above our pay rate, spiritually speaking. So work on the things that you know that you can work on. Work on the things that are within your reach that you can be perfecting while everything else is coming for you. And while you're in the midst of that, speak positively. Uplift yourself. Know that you will get there in spite of what you see. Uh, Divine, uh, you spoke about um, the, the illusion. You always say it's the illusion. I like to also add that, you know, they say fear um, adds a lot to it. Um, fear and aspect of false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times it's in our minds. It's what we feel. It's what we think could possibly happen. And what is this? And what is that? And that's something that we need to remove from the equation. And it's going to take time. It's not going to happen every night. That's why, as the mindset mantras could be important. Learn how to speak positively. Let that be your ritual because when you begin to do something daily, that's literally what it becomes, a ritual. When you have ideas, write them down. And over time, you'll have a record on how things, how blessings have come and have been presented to you. Yeah, it is said that we have a short-term memory, uh, especially black people. Uh, that we forget, we forget and forget really quickly. Um, and, and I've learned that that also shows up in terms of counting those blessings, remembering when things went well, re- remembering when you, you were having a great time. We remember the negative times. We remember when things weren't going well. And so sometimes that journaling, especially for people who tend to be depressive, can be a very powerful tool in, in sort of keeping our focus and, and reminding us of, of, of when things work, when, when spirit showed up for us, when ancestors showed up for us, so that we have sort of that, that fuel, you know, to move forward with. Um, Cousin, did you have something more to add? Well, you know, manifestation as well can start off, and it does start off in our thoughts, but it has to start off as well, like when we're going to spirit and, and say, like, in our prayers. Many times in our prayers, I find that people are going about it in a way where they're not uh, exemplifying the best that they can receive. What I mean by that is, when we go into prayer, there's no sense in begging. Go into prayer knowing. So when we go into prayer, we should be going into prayer first with gratitude. Our gratitude must be the thing that starts off our prayers. To give honor and to thank, give thanks 
for that which we follow, whatever tradition we follow, it is blessing you with at this time. A lot of times we don't look at the blessings we have because we're so busy looking for other things that they that we want to receive from God. So we overlook that every day that we got up, it's a new day and it's a new opportunity to be a blessing or to receive blessings. We overlook that whenever we got up, we're in a safe place, a safe environment, a house, a home, apartment. It doesn't really matter. We have a roof over our head and a place to lay down. There's so many are losing all of that during these times. We have food, whether it's that we go out to get it or we have it in our refrigerator, whatever the case might be. Even those that might be struggling with health, we are still able to breathe, move, and, and, and hopefully do things that you desire to do. So manifestation many times comes in the perspective that we use in our prayers and if we give thanks first, then we can give our petition. We give thanks. I give thanks for all that I have. I give thanks for the roof over my head, the car I have to drive, the job that I have, the ability to make income, the ability to take care of my family, the fact that even though my health might not be at the best, I'm still able to walk, talk, breathe, and everything else. I'm grateful for the fact that I have food in my refrigerator. I'm grateful for the fact that I have a family. I'm grateful for the fact that I have a way of bringing in income and a way of making income. What is my thank you? My thank you then begins the process of when I go in to ask for my petition, I've already opened up a positive energy and a positive spirit, both within ourselves and within spirit. Because now spirit says, this person honors and respects all that they have. They might not have all that they that they want, but truly they have what they need. And then from there, once we determine and we can really work inside of that, then we start seeing smaller things start making coming to bigger things in, in what God brings into us and allows us to accomplish and to receive. And when we do that, that begins another level of manifestation of that which we're desiring. Then sometimes the creator throws us for a tremendous loop. And you have absolutely no idea of why this particular thing is happening in this way. And you forget, maybe you prayed some time back that you desire God to elevate you, elevate your consciousness, elevate your territory. Elevate your family. Elevate all that's within your life. And now all of a sudden, all of these things are happening, and you are absolutely lost. You're flabbergasted at why this and that is happening. And if I, or God, or is telling you, be still and watch. There's a great work that's being done around, within, and over, be still. And then things start revealing themselves. And you start understanding why. And then it's leading you to a bigger and, and, and higher uh, place in your life. Manifestation and submission, faith and belief. 
all have to work and coincide together in order for it to really manifest uh, what it is that you are desiring for the manifestation to come and be. What? You mean it's, you mean it's not just in the burning of the sage? It's not just in the, <laughs> the mixing the right combination of herbs together? You, what? <laughs> Mix the mumiero and, and, you know, yes, we have opportunities in ritual to enhance. But the enhancement can only come if we begin to do the work at the foundational place. That's right. And sometimes we don't realize the importance when we're doing the work at the foundational place that it's actually developing more of the ashe in your words and in the deeds that you do. So if you stay consistent by doing these things that are developing you in a better way, you're developing your ashe. And then as you develop your ashe and things become to, uh, to materialize in, in things, in areas, then you have to trust that you put in the, the foundational work. Like, you know when, we, when they're building the sidewalk or they're building the foundation to a house, they have to build in the concrete. They have to go into the ground. They build the concrete, and they have to wait for the foundation to dry and to, to be strong enough to then place the other layer of the house on top, to start building the other layers of the house on top. And it shows the same thing in our ability to for the manifestation. We have to set the foundation through the work that we're doing, the prayers that we're giving, and believing that that which we are saying, we say Ofo Ashe. Ofo Ashe is the power of our words. It also then encompasses the power of our thoughts, the power of our beliefs. These things that, that Who's that dude? Robbins. Uh, uh, all that stuff is stuff that has already been done, but now they talk about it in a different way, and everybody thinks it's brand new. There's a lot of stuff that came from Revenike that, that all these guys are using, and, and, and people don't even you know, know where a lot of this stuff came from. Revenike received hell when he was out there teaching a particular perspective of, of increase in your belief and in sowing into yourself for you to increase all that you have. And so the thought is the thinking. It's the, the thinking, the work that you do that begins the process and develops the foundation, makes the root grow even stronger, uh, 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 deeper. You're making me talk. I don't, you know, you, your God is better than I do. No, you keep saying that. You just, you just, <laughs> you just trying to get out of speaking. Yes, listen. I, I think you're hitting it on the nail. That's why I had this topic. Um, uh, you know, sometimes I don't come up with the topic until the middle of the night. But I greetings, um, Troy Brink, another uh, local New Orleanian. Um, but I always try to choose topics that, you know, anyone who's listening can can relate to and connect with. As well as my co-hosts, um, we we all have our various experiences and you know opinions uh, with this information. Uh, I could listen. I've been doing a two-hour show for over 12 years, and I talk for two hours, so so I get it. 
you know, I, I know how much energy it takes to sort of uh, do this. And I, I want to be mindful. I got hours of makeup to get into uh, for this filming of this movie uh, again today. So I, I'm not going to keep people past their uh, their comfort zone. Um, we have a question from Nyantha's boss. How does faith and belief surface if manifesting is slow and inconsistent? I mean, if you rarely see things work or manifest, how do you actualize faith and belief? Um, listen, I'm sure both my cousins have a real deep philosophical, maybe even a little bit more sensitive response to that. But it has everything to do with how you said, I mean, if you rarely see things work. I, I can only imagine your age. I have no idea what your age is. But if you're over 18, if you're over 25, if you're over 30, if you're over 35, you've got a whole lot to be thankful for that is not vibrating in if you rarely see things work. I don't believe there's anyone, anyone alive who only sees things not work, who only sees things not manifest. Typically, those people are dead. On, on their way to being dead, you know, ha- have reached a bottom, if you will. And I, I've been to the bottom. I know what living on the street is. I know what living in an abandoned building is. I, I know what not having any of the resources that, you know, many of you Americans take for granted. I've been there. But even in those times, beloved, I couldn't say that I rarely think things work. In fact, I saw things work a lot. I saw food manifest that I didn't have money for. I saw money sometimes manifest that I didn't know where it was coming from. I, I, I saw invitations to stay at a hotel or, or, or my card happen that I couldn't see at the time. Now, you might say, okay, but you should have been manifesting a house. You should have been manifesting a mansion. And, and that's what I was referring to early on when I said sometimes that I'm manifesting we either want really big, over-the-top, extreme demonstrations from spirit, and then we ignore all the smaller, more present demonstrations from spirit, mm-hmm. or or we don't show gratitude for, for, for what spirit has already demonstrated. Stewardship is another word that I use. You know, we live in the wealth, one of the wealthiest nations in the world. And when we think about third world and poverty and, and this, we're still much further along than, than many other communities in the world, and particularly people of color. Yet we, we keep this conversation of lack going. We keep this conversation of what we don't have going. And, and, the, and the numbers don't jive with that. We spend more money on things that are, are not that important than any other ethnic group in this country. Black people. So when we say we don't have our own businesses, we don't own our own land, we, we have chosen not to do so, or we've chosen to give up the fight to do so. Because I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting that you might, you know, not be in a fight, beloved. I, I've been in a fight. I've been in a fight for my life, for my survival, for my overall sense of well-being, for my sanity. I, I know what it is to be in a fight. But it's something about being in the fight stuck in the fight, and you can't see the forest for the trees. All you see is the trees in front of you, but, but you can't see the bigger picture. 
So as all three of us have have tried to share, um, change your language. Change your language. And and you're going to be hard-pressed to demonstrate to me, um, particularly if you are of a certain age, that things rarely ever work. Are, are you on the streets? Is your refrigerator empty? Is your power off? I mean, there are, there are much bigger things, you know, that, that are in line for all of us. But if we can't show stewardship over what we already have, and sometimes it's as simple as cutting corners, people, places, and things. You know, if we're talking about finances, some of us buying stuff we don't need. Some of us got debts that, that we should have never uh, cured. Some of us are not using and demonstrating the best stewardship of what we got right now. And, and when we think about the successful business owners, the, the wealthy individuals, you know, they know how to pinch a penny. They're not walking around with, you know, 20 gold chains on and, and trying to sort of wear some symbol of, of, of their successes. They, they sacrifice somewhere. I think that's another word, um, you know, in Ifa, y'all might talk about Ebo. That's important to discuss. Sometimes I call sacrifice just homework. Sometimes we're just not willing to do the homework to sort of move beyond the, the illusion of not seeing things manifest, not seeing things work. Uh, some of us have lived in and, and grew up in some, some violent communities, you know, bullets whizzing over our heads at night and the spontaneous shootout, you know, and, and we're still here. And our children still here. And we survived that to see another day. We, we survived that to move. We, we survived that to relocate. We, we survived that to embrace the blessing. But how many families, you know, do we see that somehow generationally they suck in a certain condition? I think that has everything to do with how we think, what's going on in the head, and what we say. And as Otan suggested, you you got to think it first. You got to believe it in here first before you even say. So I, I, I want to challenge you to re-examine um, your idea. What does things not working mean? What does that mean to you? Things are not manifested. What does that mean to you? And, and as a 15-year-old um, on the street, I'm sorry, Otan, because Oloye keep pushing me to talk, and then I get on the camera. <laughs> Uh, at 15, at 15, I didn't have a lot of no kind of experience to, to gauge, you know, where I was headed on. So, so I could have easily said things ain't working, things ain't manifesting, and, and cut off my nose to spite my face, as my mom used to say. My apologies, Ochan. No, absolutely not necessary. Um. I want to firstly acknowledge Enyansa. Um, I hope I said your name correctly. Um, greetings, Alexa. Uh, first and foremost, Enyansa, I want to tell you that it's all right. Okay? It was right to feel how you feel. And I want to encourage you. And, and looking at 
at your comment, I, I want to encourage you because, um, let me see, bring that back up. Um, I was just thinking about the law and how. Knowing the law. Okay, I'm sorry. I was reading her comment about knowing the law. Um, it's just your, your in, in your comment, the first one, um, Devon, I want to see that. Um, how do faith, okay, manifest this inconsistent? Um, we have to also understand that we have to let go of the element of control. A lot of the time, because life is happening and we have this situation going on and this person doing this and that person saying that, it's easy to be so open. But we understand that everything is in over the mighty time, or God's time. Okay, we, we ask for things and we say prayers and we feel desperation because we're living in that moment. We're experiencing the things in this human life as they're happening to us. And, and, and things are just seem to just be blowing everywhere. But we have to also understand that when we pray as we're asking for things, we tend to set a timeline on things. So we'll pray for something, and then three days later we go, okay, I don't see nothing. Mm-hmm. What are you supposed to see? Mm-hmm. We have to understand that in recognizing the blessings that we already have, we there may be things that, we may need to learn lessons that we may need to understand before we can move to that which we even have asked for. Because we're saying, okay, I need this, and I would like to have this much money, and go here, okay, go. But do you understand how to budget? Have you made mistakes with money in the past? What have you done to reconcile those mistakes, and what lessons have you learned? What knowledge and wisdom have you taken in don't make those same mistakes because guess what? Should you get that blessing, you're going to do the same thing and you're going to repeat those same cycles. So we have to understand that when we ask for things, when we pray for things and manifesting, it's not going to just it's not about when we want it. We put timelines on it and that is way outside of our lane. So I, I understand when life is happening and you feel like it's a lot of things crashing down at once, but Sometimes this is why we have to take emotion out of it. You cannot have emotions and logical thinking happening at the same time. It will not. We have to take the time, as Baba Olaya said, be still. Take a moment. Reflect. Look at what's happening for you, not to you. And then maybe you will be able to connect the dots and see that there are things that you must experience first that's going to not only put you on the platform and put you in the position that you want to be, but prepare you to be able to stand where you are. You may not be ready. So it's not that it's always a no. Maybe it's a not yet. Change your mindset. That's what I encourage you to do. Change your mindset. It's all right to feel desperation. It's all right to get discouraged now and then, but don't wallow in it. Don't live in it because you're giving away the power. And that's what going through trials and tribulations are. Sometimes God wants to see how bad you want it. Are you willing to stand or are you going to fall at the first illusion of an issue? Sometimes there are lessons that we need to learn first. For manifesting. That's a part of it. 
growth is a part of it. You don't just get to elevate, you got to grow. And sometimes it takes all and it's breaking your own part of it. There's no skipping ahead, as the Bible said. You don't get to do that. You miss something crucial. You miss something crucial every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when she uses the word law, I, I sort of think of a recipe book. You know, there are laws to cooking. There, there are chemical, you know, processes that have to happen in a certain order, in a certain way, you know, with cooking. And, indeed, we can all go to the bookstore. We can all buy the same recipe book. We can all go and get Taylor Bell's recipe book. You know, and it does not mean our food going to taste like Taylor Bell's, look like Taylor Bell's. doesn't even mean the recipes are going to turn out you know, like her recipe might might turn out. And so there's a process mm-hmm. of, of learning, right, Chef Bougie, and experience, you know, that has to happen along with knowing the recipe, along with being trained in the recipe. But there's a process that happens with experience, and, and, and we, we learn through experience. I also wanted to give um, Otana an opportunity to speak more about Armed and Grace, you know, uh, before I move forward, because I really do have to start um, letting this makeup artist put this main, this paint on my face. But I want you to share uh, a little bit about Armed and Grace, beloved. Yes, you're being put on the spot. Come on in. Um, well, I am currently <laughs> um, in the developmental stages of um, my Coaching, um, spiritualized coaching and guidance. Um, I especially encourage uh, any of our sisters to reach out. It's called Armed and Grace. And I look forward to serving and working with our community and just being able to share and love, light, laughter, strength, and any connections in any way that's needed. And um, I appreciate any encouragement and support. And <laughs> if you need to reach me for now, I do have uh, my email on the grace at gmail.com. I'm sorry, somebody rang my doorbell. Yeah, I heard it. So, yes, on the grace, you know, our cousin now has, has finally stepped out and, and, is is ready to help uh, all of those who might be even having a question in the struggle of transitioning from one faith tradition to another. We have so many who are coming into the realm of wanting to grow in their spiritual journey. So that's part of, of things that she's going to do. You know, my cousin is humble, so she doesn't want to say too much. So I'm just going to help her out a little bit. So, you know, Part of it is, is helping people who might be looking into uh, transition uh, in, in their spiritual journey. And then another whole side of it is some of the business coaching that she knows that she doesn't talk about. But when she comes out with it, she'll be speaking more about the business side of it too. And you'll see it's a very, very diverse coaching business that will help many, many people. Uh, so, you know, I hope that everybody will support her um, and that, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be blessed because she's blessed. 
Ashe, and I say all the time that we can't that we cannot operate in these traditions in isolation. There's really no such thing. It indeed takes a village. And many of you know for the last year or more I've been talking about bringing other people into this community, into this circle, into this family, onto this team that can help to meet the greater needs of the community, and particularly women. Uh, there are just certain services that I cannot provide without women. There are certain services that I cannot attend to without excuse me, without the help of uh, Mama Denise Augustine and, and Sister Nigel, you know, Naja and, and many others in our community here that sort of help us to get this work done. So we're grateful for her. Um, we're grateful for this moment in her own personal and spiritual growth, this moment in, in her career growth, this moment in her, in her move towards a greater uh, uh, demonstration in ministry, uh, for indeed yes. this is ministry. Uh, all, yes. all of Ifa, all of Voodoo, it's, it's all of ATR, it's at the root about healing and ministry. Yes, and it's yes. that healing and ministry that we are better able to, to deal with uh, the challenges and the illusions of the challenges that we might face, but indeed the ability to manifest those things that we seek, that we desire the most and push them forward. Um, I, I agree um, with my cousin um, Inyansa, um and I said it before I responded that, you know, my initial response might, might have been a little tough, um, but I've been to the bottom, and, I, and I've shared the bottom with, with many others. And so I know what it is to, to be in a place where you just can't see a way out. You just can't see a vision. And, and indeed, it is true. Your feelings are always correct. And we should sit in our feelings. We should explore our feelings. Uh, our feelings are, are, are distinctly fine-tuned to help us to make change and to make an adjustment and, and to grow. But sometimes we can get in a place where our vision of the world will start to line up with just our feelings and then the, the realities. The, the, the divine realities, the absolute truth, and then the absolute laws, we don't always see that. So even now, as, as an adult, I take a great degree of gratitude and humility in some of the worst experiences uh, that I have uh, endured, because I know they have everything to do with where I am today and who I am today and my ability to manifest today. Uh, my mama would say I would give nothing for my journey now, <laughs> you know, and, and indeed there's, there's a re- reality to that, to that statement. I wouldn't change anything. I'm sure Oprah wouldn't, wouldn't move one chess piece out, out of place if it meant she would not be who she is today and, and have the ability to not only do for herself but to do for so many others. So um, I know what it is to, to sit and to feel and, and, to, and, and to be in that struggle, and, and there's an absolute job to feeling that experience, to being present in that experience. It was during those hardest times that I said never again. It was during those hardest times that I said I can't do this. It was, it was many times in, in those hardest places that I, that I said I got to move around. And I don't know whoever this is for. I know that sounds like a meme. Uh, whoever this might be for, um, you got to move. Sometimes you got to move. 
And, and, and I'm confronted often with the question, but okay, but I don't have enough resources, or where am I going to go, or what am I going to do when, when I get there? I can't tell you all how many times I moved and didn't have a clue where I was going, mm-hmm. <laughs> what I was going to do when I got there. I just knew the ancestors was with me. I, I just knew the power of God was with me. I just knew that the, the deities were going to help me to acquire and access and tap into those things that I, that I needed. Otan also made a, a point about studying, research, homework. I also learned that from my mama. So even when I was out there, you know, I knew how to use the yellow page. You know, we had yellow pages back in the day. We couldn't just Google. You had to just turn, you know, a hundred, a thousand pages in this big yellow book, you know, to, to find a, a resource of sorts. So, so that meant you needed at least a subject. You know, am I looking for a plumber? Am I looking for an electrician? Am I looking for a social service agency? Am I looking for a domestic violence agency? Am I looking for something therapeutic? And then you had to learn how to scan, you know, those ads, those names, you know, that would be referenced in, in the yellow pages. Our, our search engines have made that just a little bit easier uh, in that they're pulling already. They have these, these sort of mechanical spiders that they send out that, that are looking for certain words, certain topics, certain regions, you know, so they might show you a bunch of answers that relate to where you live, you know, unless you say, I'm looking for a service in another state. I'm looking for a service in another city. Um, so I also learned at a very young age how to research, how to ask questions. Another thing about manifesting, we don't know how to ask for what we want. And mm-hmm. Some of you have been taught not to ask. Some of you equate asking as a sign of weakness. Some, some of you equate asking for help, you know, as somehow, you know, bearing your business. And, and it doesn't have to be any of that. But the power of knowing how to ask for what you need. We have a saying here in the Deep South, a closed mouth don't get fed. A closed mouth don't get fed. Maybe that's a black thing and not just in the South, you know. But a closed mouth don't get fed. So, so you have a need, ask for it. Ask for it. And sometimes we, you know, we expect to get it from our family, our friends, our most immediate peer group. But, but you got to be strong enough sometimes to step outside of that community, you know, go to the larger, you know, population. Uh, again, now with the Internet and, and social media, you know, people are asking for stuff internationally and, and are putting it on Twitter. You know, they got whole sites dedicated to that, GoFundMe and, and, and many other sites, you know, learning how to ask for what you want, ask for what you need. And we see it in social media as something, you know, Lights, whistles, sound, video, you know, animation, tricks, comedy. But, but in the real world, it, sometimes it's just as simple as just saying, hey, I need help. Hey, do you know somebody who might be able to refer me to, who might be able to point me to, who might be able to direct me to? So I challenge you, um, uh, anyone who's listening, but, but particularly in Yansa, Send me an email, beloved, because I, I know you don't want to share, you know, all your business on air. Um, we still don't know exactly what kind of manifestation you're talking about. And, and I know that can take, you know, a, a different look in, in, in various scenarios. I shared my scenario, you know, a, a runaway kid on the street. But I've also experienced, you know, domestic violence, a mother who thought she couldn't get out. 30 years. In fact, she wrote a book about it. 
That book is called A Letter to My Sister. A Letter to My Sisters. You might be able to get it for $5, $10 on Amazon. A Letter to My Sisters by Von Stell Savage. Be Like Victor, O-N, like Nancy, C-E-L-E, Von Stell Savage. A Letter to My Sisters. I challenge every sister under the sound of my voice, every mother under the sound of my voice, every Christian, every evangelical uh, wife, you know, who, who might be in a precarious scenario in her marriage to get this book. It, it's all about my story. It, it's just from my mama's perspective, but it's all about my story. You know, I, I was physically entrapped, and, and when I thought I could get out, I ran away, only to learn that every, everywhere I ran to, the first person I met there was me. So I was also spiritually and emotionally entrapped. My mother, you know, a, a retired educator, uh, always had a house, always had a home, always had a car, but she would tell you that she was mentally trapped, and she was spiritually and emotionally trapped. So they're all means of entrapment that, that come from outside, but also from within. I, I have many godchildren and students and clients and initiates, unfortunately, that are incarcerated. You'd be amazed at how they're doing this work. Because of the sensitivity of their scenario, I don't talk about it a lot on air. I don't share names and locations and in even a lot of detail of how I'm able to do that. Uh, because it takes a, a, a bit of work to communicate long-term, particularly religious and spiritual ideas to people who are incarcerated. Some prisons block my emails. Some prisons block my letters. Yes, some prisons have emails, in case you didn't know that. Um, some prisons allow phone communications, in case you didn't know that. And, and they have whole, whole, set sign, whole sites set up for that, where you got to register and sign in, and they know who you are, and, and so you know who the inmate is, and, and then they allow you to communicate. But I can't start typing a bunch of airway and a bunch of Yoruba. They, they see that as coded language. They see that as a possibility that we might be doing something subversive. So even in that communication, it takes some work. And and there are barriers put up, not just for the inmates, but for the people who are trying to reach out to their loved ones who who are incarcerated. But I say that to say, beloved, they're doing this work. And they're doing this work understanding that now they are physically bound to some degree. And they can't run to the Botanica. They can't run to the river. They can't buy, you know, magic kits from off the Internet necessarily. And so they know now that they have to start this work from within, from what they say, what they think. And imagine having a a life sentence or or a 20 or 30-year sentence that, you know, really exceeds your your lifespan and, and thinking that, there's no options for me. There's no way out for me. There's no life left for me. I, I, I'm praying and, and doing the laws, but I'm not getting some kind of manifestation. I, imagine what an imprisoned loved one might think about that very same thing. And, and then to know that they're doing this work, that they're getting freedom at the ORI level. They're getting freedom at, at, the, te- at the head. They, they're getting freedom in their heart and in their soul. And many of them have found 
alternative. Once the light came on, some of them gave up and stopped asking for help, stopped seeking help, didn't try and communicate with, with the legal aid people, didn't try and communicate with, you know, these folks that keep writing them letters suggesting that there might be some, some other options for them to have. So it has to start in here. It has to. The minute you give up, you, you close your doors. The minute you say, this is all I got, you close your doors. I've worked with people with serious illnesses, serious diseases. I, I don't share that a lot on air. You know, it's a fine line between representing yourself falsely as, as a medical professional and, and being a spiritualist in this country when, when it comes to the laws and the regulations. So, so I don't share that a whole lot. You know, I'm not Dr. Sabi, but I learned a lot from Dr. Sabi. This community learned a lot from Dr. Sabi. And, and I apply a lot of Dr. Sabi and many other medicine men and, and, and doctors from around the world as it relates to health conditions. And, and when I'm confronted with something that I can't handle, I, I call on my women. I call on my great mothers, the elders, other women, and, and get them involved in, in, in that process. But I always ask, um, I always ask that you get some confirmation, you know, from your doctor, from your medical professionals. Some of my, my clients will tell you, some of these people are sitting right in this room. Listen, before we have this conversation, go see your doctor, go see your practitioner, and let them know what we're doing. Yeah, let them know that, that I've got you drinking an herb or bathing in an herb, you know, because I'm not trying to be sued, <laughs> you know, by nobody. Uh, but also there's that documentation that O'Toole talked about because they journal in too. And when, and when we go in that office and we say, oh, but I'm taking this herb and I've gotten spectacular results, are they writing it down? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> you know, and so our fear shouldn't be, oh, they're going to steal our secrets. You know, that shouldn't be the fear, especially today. There are no secrets. That's an illusion. That's an illusion. There is no autonomy. That's an illusion. Oh, you might have a crafty username, but you're not autonomous. You're not, not autonomous. You're not anonymous. You're not unseen and unknown. There's a footprint that we all leave, you know, when we, when we operate on this Internet. And so when we're operating with professionals, particularly healthcare professionals, thank you, uh, Otan, I'm going to correct that email, especially uh, healthcare professionals, um, yeah, there should be a, a journal kept. There should be some documentation uh, kept. And sometimes that's your proof. Sometimes that's your proof that, indeed, the ancestors worked on your behalf, the airway worked in your behalf, spirit worked in your behalf. So it's got to start first with what you believe to be possible, because if you don't see yourself a God and you don't understand the power that's available to you as a God, as a goddess, then, yeah, that you, you've already set up a block. You saw, already set up an illusion of a block, a, a perimeter between you and your goal. I could have snuck in your house last night and, and left a million dollars in your closet, in your basement, in your attic. But if you don't know it's there, what good is it to you? What good is it to you if you don't know it's there? It's in your possession. It's on your property. But if you don't know it's oil underneath your house, <laughs> what good is it? 
to you. And so we often sit on our skills, sit on our gifts, sit on our, our, our um, demonstrations of spirit each and every day, looking for some really big light show, looking for fireworks to go off. You know, when the ancestors are, are nudging you and God is speaking in a soft, still voice, but we're looking for really extreme demonstrations right up front while ignoring life, as church folks used to say, life, health, strength, clothed in my right mind. If you've got the ability to buy sage and rock incense and incense burners and, 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 and bluing, that within itself is a blessing. That within itself is a blessing. You got resources to go and buy all these supplies, you know, to, to move your witchy ideas forward. That right there is, is, is a blessing. Many people ain't got a dollar for incense bundle. Many people are barely trying to figure out toilet paper and, and, and rent. So we've got to have a vision. Oprah Winfrey says God can dream a vision for yourself bigger than you can dream for yourself. And that's, I found that to often be true. You know, we say, I want to be successful, but what is that? And, and then we get a $100,000 check in the, in the mail, and we think we're rich, you know, and we run out and, and run right through it, you know, and, and, and didn't invest in the community, didn't invest in ourselves, didn't buy land, didn't secure something we can pass down by way of inheritance. We live in a culture today where many people say, I'm not trying to leave nothing. I ain't trying to leave nothing but credit and debt. How many of y'all have heard somebody actually say that? My, my kids on their own. I'm not trying to leave nothing. That's a, that's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> and it forces our children and our kids and our community to then seek people outside their community for help, for the grant, for the loan, for the push-up, for the charity. When I was a kid on the street, I had to go outside my community, y'all. When no black churches there to hold me up, when no black social service agencies there to hold me up, it might have been a, a dozen or two, you know, black social workers, but they worked for the county. They worked for the state. They worked for the system. And it, that gives me a, a moment to, to speak to something because I, I, I deal with this a lot. We with you in Yamsa. I can be a little intense, but I got you, beloved. Just if you want, send me an email, and, and we'll even go even further. And I, I promise you, uh, by email and when I'm in consultation, my clients will tell you I'm much more humble than, than when I'm doing this, this podcast. But, um, you know, something that I'm confronted with a lot, you know, this Hurt Doll movie is a good example, is those armchair revolutionaries that come through and say, oh, he's giving all our secrets to white people. He, he's always on screen, you know, with some white people. And, and my question is, when are you going to produce a, a documentary, brother? When are you going to feature me in a documentary, my sister? And, and where are the black media outlets that are producing the type of information that we are interested in? Where is the ATR? I'm not talking about, you know, American God. I'm not talking about American Horror Story. I've done legitimate archaeological, um, academic documentaries to, to not only share our information, but to give our 
culture and tradition much more legitimacy. A lot of people still don't want to legitimize ephod. A lot of people still don't want to legitimize voodoo. A lot of people are still talking about witchcraft and black magic and Satanism and, and, and all other sorts of crazy things as it relates to um, our tradition. So I count it a blessing any, any time I can demonstrate our culture, whether it's for entertainment or, or for some legitimate academic purpose. I'm, I'm grateful for every time that I could speak truth to our tradition, speak truth to our practice. But but we, we sort of got it twisted. You know, support black businesses. I, I'll drive 50 miles before I buy that soap, you know, from, from the white store, the Asian store, you know, to go support, quote, unquote, the black business. But how many black businesses are there? And how accessible are they to our community? And, and they still have to survive. We, we expect the black business somehow to be cheaper, to somehow, you know, to be, you know, able to operate, you know, out of thin air and just give and give and give, you know, without support, without support from our community. And so this tradition, these practices, we've got to think of them much the way some of you still honor the church. You paying tithes to your church. Y'all passing the offering plate twice, sometimes three times a service, you know, in your churches and your in your religious institutions. And we often expect the practitioners within, um, yes, free of mind and chained in the body uh, can be an oxymoron, but not if you're in prison. My point was. Um, they can't go to the Botanica. They in prison. <laughs> they, 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 they can't order, you know, Amazon. They in prison. They can't go to the river. They, they bodies are physically in prison. Uh, that was my point. Yeah. Yeah, the body can be locked down, but the, but the mind can be free. What about those who are infirm? Those who are dealing with cancer or muscular dystrophy or or might be quote unquote bedridden. Their lives don't end, you know. Their, their their minds, their bodies can still be free. Who was that uh, famous uh, uh, white um, physicist who was in the wheelchair who couldn't talk? Hawking. Yeah, Stephen Hawking. You know, his body was in prison physically. His tongue was in prison <laughs> physically. But, but he found a way and created a way to not only communicate with the world, but, but to teach some profound and powerful things to the world. And, and should we ignore his example because he's white? Should his example be somehow less important because he's not black? So, so enough with the, you know, colonizer comment, you know, in, in my social media. Another thing I want to sort of rant about since I got a few more minutes. <laughs> you know, is people speaking to voodoo that they know nothing about. That's another thing. Some of you think you understand what voodoo is. Some of you think you understand what Haitian voodoo is. My most recent comment and post was about Bokur. Bokur. And how Bokur is utilized and demonstrated and marketed 
in Hades, which is very dark, which is very negative. That was my point. My point wasn't that somehow voodoo in Haiti was invalidated. The video clip is only 30 seconds long. It was about the use of bokor. The word in West Africa is bokonun. Bokor, B-O-K-O-R. In West Africa, it's bokonun, B-O-K-O-N-O-N. And bokonun and Togo, Benin are not marketed in the same way that the Bokor in Haiti has been uh, uh, marketed um, historically, historically. And so that was what the point I was making in the video. And and I know some people think they know a little bit about Haitian voodoo because you can Google that. You can't Google almost anything about Bokorism in, in Haiti or in the Americas. So when people think, you know, to want to argue with me in social media about stuff that, that you know nothing about. Um, no, I don't respond. Yes, I hit delete the comments, you know, and, and when it gets aggressive and egregious, I hit block, you know. So let's not do that. Let, let, let's not do that. And, and that's something that, you know, again, affects our ability to manifest. Some people are scared to manifest. Some people are scared to come out of their closet. Some people are scared to speak their truth. Just behind all the negative stuff that we throw at them and that we challenge them with. You know, beloved Iyanla is, is putting an end to fix my life because y'all got too much to say about processes that many of us know very little about. Some of us watch her show and, and we know Ifa when we see it. We know Voodoo when we see it. But, but she don't market it as that. She don't Spell it is that she does what I do. She she speaks in a language that the masses can understand. Those who are initiated understand what I'm talking about. My godchildren, my clients often understand what I'm talking about. But I also speak in a way so that people who have nothing to do with these traditions understand what we're talking about. This is indeed a global pants uh, a global. Um, system, trans-African, pan-African, we're everywhere now, on every continent, Africans, acknowledging this tradition. And we even have folks who are not African who are seeking to acknowledge this tradition. So why must we, in my community, always have to go back and forth and debate and, and, and want to show ourselves up as being somehow superior, superior to the topic in the comments section? by the way, and I often quietly go back to your page. There's one particular sister, I won't call her name. Uh, I go back to her page, and she's talking about I'm I'm serving the colonizers. Uh, Imagine that. But then I go back to her page, and it's all face shots, booty shots. I mean, literally, you know, no environment, no background, nothing else is going on. It's all here and here. You know, and the booty shot. But you're challenging me on spirituality and religion and culture, and you're not even demonstrating it. You're not even walking in it. And this is a product of social media. Because back in the day, I mean, you would have had to knock on my door. You would have had to pick up my phone. You would have had to write a letter. I understand this is a product of, of social media. 
But I also understand that we're making these things trend. We're making these things fashionable. We're, we're making these, these sorts of demonstrations and behavior more uh, popularized. So I got a, a good friend, you know, hyper, sometimes over the top, do a lot of custom, a lot of profanity, you know, those great, salacious, you know, topics. And we all love her. But, but we can't confuse it with real nation building, real grassroots building, real teaching and demonstrating of these traditions. Even in this space, we're, we're on the Internet. And so there is a degree of entertainment to this platform. We understand that. We know there are people who are just listening, who are just watching. You know, in the moment you're going to scroll to the next channel, entertainment. But we also know that there are people who are coming here to be fed. There are people who are coming here who are seeking connection to a greater community. The illusion of isolation. You know, there's nobody in my town, nobody in my state, nobody in my region that's doing Ifa, that's doing voodoo, that's doing what, what you're doing. That's not true either. <laughs> Often these people are just not visible, you know, and, and then we, again, use the Internet to connect together, you know, across geographic location. To, to present a sense of community. But it's nothing for you to email my cousin. It's nothing for you to reach out to them, to, to seek a service, to seek a divination, to seek a reading and some consultation, to, to seek some, some friendship and some community building. And so ultimately that's why I do what I do. I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but, but that's why I do what I do. And, and so does that have to look good? Perhaps. Does that need to be a little bit entertaining? Perhaps. Is there a line that I'm not willing to cross? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and so I'm not willing to do two hours of profanity. You know, I'm not willing to talk about my sex life for two hours just to get high numbers because I've learned that, you know, sometimes those high numbers don't equate to work, don't equate to revenue don't equate to long-term relationships. We learned that during a presidential election. And I'm still seeing many accounts just vaporized now that it ain't nothing fallaciously political to talk about. And now they're gone. Or, or they're shape-shifting and becoming other identities in social media. Some of y'all are going to be voodoo today and you're going to move on to the next thing tomorrow. And, and I'm aware of that. I learned that back during the season of Katrina, when everybody was, was Nuwafian. Everybody was Nuwafian. And, and then some became Moors, and then some became, you know, Orisha practitioners. And then, you know, I, I've seen the transition. I've seen the transition. Um, I, I know we got about 10 minutes, but I, I'm going to have to move forward. I'm going to allow my guests to speak. My phone is blowing up, so I got hair and makeup and directors and producers calling me, trying to get me in position to film this movie. Uh, for those of you who are in town, I will be in Jackson Square after dark filming. And, and it's a small scene, so it'll just be me and maybe one other person. But then the, the camera and the crew will probably be bigger than the people who will actually be on set. So you're welcome to come and sit and meet and greet, you know, and, and, and enjoy us. But I look forward to meeting with you again at high noon, U.S. as a standard time, here on many platforms. 
I wouldn't allow my cousins both to to speak and sort of give their closing remarks, and then I'm going to have to move forward. All is a blessing. Um, I just want to say that today um, was a wonderful discussion. I get thanks uh, for my cousin, Divine Prince and Baba Aloye, and for everyone that's watching, listening, that participated. Hopefully it resonated and, and sparked something in you to want to move forward to change. Uh, remember, it starts within you, your mindset. Work on that. Um, I also would like to uh, send a message to Inyansa and say that, um, yes, definitely document, please. Everyone learns to write things down, your dreams, write them down. They can show up at different times and be confirmation for you all within yourself. Um, words have power, whether they're vocal, um, whether they are thought, whether they are written. That's why it's called spelling. I love you all. Many blessings. Thank you so much. Blessings to you all. I hope that everybody enjoyed the show. I hope everybody can now begin to even do deeper work to manifest all that you desire. Feel free to contact any of us. Uh, Divine Prince will tune now that she has the Armored in Grace, uh, you know, life coaching, consulting, spiritual coaching, business coaching. Feel free to, to reach out to her. And then also, you all know to feel free to reach out to me as well. So, blessings to each and every one of you, and peace and blessings. All right. Congo Square. The Omus Indians, the Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. A sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our hosts, the Omus Indians, they pushed aside our hosts. The colonizers came and pushed aside our hosts and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment. But nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, 
to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double cross, and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de gras cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang. We beat, we be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us, our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate, a world harrowed by the beat, be, beat, being, beating, being of black heart drums, heart beat, heart beat. Heart be at this place, at this place be heart beat, beat, we beating place in new world space, beating being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace. Our dance is the God walk, our music the God talk. First thing we do. Let's get together, circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end, connected together. And singing, ringing, singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be Bambula dance. Be Banza music. And sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget even when we can't remember the specifics we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy. Must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate, whip out Hello. of us. Whoa! But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, deep inside us is us. 
Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day. A feel. A feel. Without shade. But dark. Dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades. Eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember. To beat, to be, beat Congo Square, be Congo Square, beat, be, beat, be. Remember, remember. 